Hey, sister girl, do you strive for excellence, but unintentionally end up taking a little dip in the perfectionist pond? This is an episode you don't want to miss. Today, we're doing some Bible study, including an in-depth but not exhaustive word study, and really getting to the root of the key difference between excellence and perfectionism. This study will help you better understand where you're missing the mark and why your struggle with perfectionism is actually leading to heightened anxiety. I highly recommend having your Bible, a highlighter, a pen, and a notebook. You'll definitely want to revisit the show notes to get all the scripture references. So if you need to come back to this episode, I hope you'll be diligent in making your way back. Let's go. listening to Her Renewed Strength, the podcast, a place where you, my sisters in Christ, are encouraged to walk by faith and equipped to live well, steward well, and set your minds on eternity. I'm your host, Erica Diaz Castro, your Jesus-loving Puerto Rican life coach. If you're tired of living a life burdened by anxiety, burnout, or overwhelm, if you're ready to do more of what you love, create more space for the things and people that matter most, and better steward the gifts and resources God graced you with? If you want coaching, encouragement, fellowship, and just a friend to help you shift your perspective from the temporal to the eternal, you're in the right place. Grab a coffee, journal, and a pen. Let's invite the Holy Spirit to the party, and let's dig into today's episode. All right, so truthfully, it's taken me quite a bit of time to prepare for this episode, and I don't know how long it's going to take because I have a lot to cover. So I'm going to move fast. I said in the intro, you know, you definitely want to make your way back, especially to the show notes, because I'll have all of the scripture references laid out for you right there. You can read through each scripture and see where I'm drawing from. But I cannot move slower than I'm going to move because if I do, this is going to be an hour-long episode and I know that I don't have you for that long. So with that said, I'm going to start off with my own struggle with perfectionism and my pursuit of excellence. If you know me, if you've ever worked with me, whether in coaching, as a colleague, on a project, if we went to college together, you know that I strive to deliver and do anything I do and put my name on with excellence. It is one of my core values. It is a standard that I set for myself. My husband is the same way. That's why we're drawn to each other. And frankly, that pursuit of excellence or operating with excellence or showing up with excellence or delivering and you know anything with excellence can lead me you know, I'm only going to speak for myself, but it can lead me down the path of perfectionism. And unfortunately, perfectionism is not a healthy or really attainable goal. And I'll get into that in just a bit. But what I wanted to really highlight about my own experience is that my goal is never to actually be a perfectionist. It's not the mindset that I try to have. It ends up being the mindset I am in because I'm kind of one of those all or nothing people and I become very easily consumed by the thing that I'm doing, the thing I'm working on, the thing I'm striving for. So with that said, I have to remind myself that excellence and perfectionism are not the same thing. What I'll be doing for 
the bulk of our time together today is really breaking down the biblical use of these two terms, perfection or perfect and excellence, because they are both words found in the Bible in both the Old and New Testament, and they don't mean the same thing. They really don't. So I'll start with perfection, and you'll see throughout what I'm explaining is that there are a lot of different uses of this word. There's a lot of different translations for this word that we use in English as perfect. In the original language, the word perfect is actually translated to other words, and you'll see that it's like a combination of words or the word on its own, but in different contexts, um, different words are used. So the first reference I'll make is to Song of Songs, chapter 5, verse 2. I'm not going to read the whole thing for the sake of time, but you see if you go maybe four four lines down, because it's a little paragraph, it says, my dove, my perfect one. And the use of perfect here is the Hebrew word tom, okay? And it actually translates in English to the phrase my perfect. It's used 14 times in 14 verses to communicate the meaning perfect or complete already. So the next time we see this, um, and I just, I want to reiterate that this is not an exhaustive list of the use of the word perfect in terms of how we translate it to English, but it is, I do have a lot of references here. So again, I'm going to try to move fast. The next use I'll highlight is in Second Chronicles chapter 25 verses 18 to 19 and verses 18 to 19 read lord god of abraham isaac and israel our fathers keep this forever in the intentions of the hearts of your people and direct their hearts to you and give my son solomon a perfect heart to keep your commandments your testimonies and your statutes and to do them all and to build the temple for which i have made provision. And we see that word perfect in verse 19. I included 18 for the sake of it making a little more sense, but the phrase here is actually translating to English, a perfect. And it's from the Hebrew word shalem. It's an adjective that's used throughout the Old Testament, and it means complete, safe, peaceful, perfect, whole, full, and at peace. It's used 28 times in 27 verses throughout the Old Testament. I'm not going to go into the other 27 here, but it is a word that we see a lot, okay? The next use of this word perfect is in Psalm 19, verse 7. The law of the Lord is perfect, restoring the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. And the phrase in English is actually is perfect, which translates to the Hebrew word tamim. And the biblical usage of that word actually means complete, whole, entire, and sound. And it occurs 91 times in 85 verses. I'm again not diving into all the other 90 uses, so I beg your forgiveness in advance. I'll move on to the next use of this word perfect that I'm including, and it's found in Ezekiel chapter 7. I included verses 12 and 13, but the actual word is found in verse 12. Artaxerxes, king of kings, to Ezra the priest, the scribe of the law of the God 
of heaven, perfect peace. And now I have issued a decree that any of the people of Israel and their priests and the Levites in my kingdom who are willing to go to Jerusalem may go with you. And the word is in English, perfect, the verb. It's a verb that means to complete, and it translates to the Hebrew word gemer. Okay, so that word perfect in English is a verb, okay, and in the Hebrew it, mean, it is uh, pronounced gemer, and it means to complete. When he said this, Artaxerxes, at the time he was speaking to Ezra, and he's saying that he's going to let the people of Israel and their priests and the Levites leave to go to Jerusalem, and it would complete peace. Next, I'm a going to include Isaiah chapter 25 verse 1 and it reads Lord you are my God I will exalt you I will give thanks to your name for you have worked wonders plans formed long ago with perfect faithfulness and the phrase here is with perfect in English it translates to the Hebrew word omen which is used just this one time to mean faithfulness the, I have a couple more. The next one I'm including is Lamentations chapter 2, verse 15. And this is, again, a, similar to Song of Songs, like a little paragraph. At, towards the end of this little paragraph, it says, At the daughter of Jerusalem, is this the city of which they said, perfect in beauty, a joy to all the earth? And the word is perfect is actually literally translated to the perfection in English, from the Hebrew word khalil, which means entire, all perfect. And again, it's saying perfect in beauty, so entire in its beauty, perfect already. Um, and then I have Matthew chapter 5, verse 48. Therefore, you shall be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. And the Greek word for perfect is teleos, which means brought to its end, finished. I know that was a lot. I literally spent like seven minutes going over <laughs> this one word and the many ways it shows up in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. We understand essentially and ultimately that it's illustrating a completeness, a fullness, a wholeness, right? And the fact of the matter is that when it comes to being perfect, when we use that definition, completeness, wholeness, we are not, apart from Christ, perfect. So I'll transition into the biblical use of excellence. And this is a lot shorter. So bear with me for just a little while longer while we complete this word study. Now, I'm going to start with a verse out of the book of Ruth. And this is Ruth chapter 3, verse 11, when Boaz is speaking to Ruth. And we know that Boaz is the kinsman redeemer. Ruth is a really good preface by the way to read it's good to read as a like pre uh study to the book of revelation just as an fyi i did a really fun study of it a couple years ago with some friends and then did a full study on the book of revelation and it gave me a more robust understanding of the book of revelation so anyway boaz says to ruth so now my daughter do not fear i will do for you whatever you say for all my people in the city know that you are a woman of excellence. And again, that's Ruth chapter 3, verse 11. And excellence is the Hebrew word 
Khalid, Khayil. It's a masculine noun that's biblical use includes an illustration of strength, might, efficiency, wealth, even army. I then am going to move along to the biblical use in the New Testament of the word excellence. And the word in the following verses is the Greek word arete. It's a feminine noun that's biblical use includes an illustration of a virtuous course of thought, feeling or action, essentially virtue or moral goodness, and really any particular moral excellence like modesty or purity. So I'll start in Philippians chapter 4 verse 8. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, and if anything worthy of praise, think about these things. This same word, arete, is found in Second Peter twice in chapter 1. So I'll start with verse 3, which says... For his divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. And then again, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 5. Now for this very reason also, applying all diligence, in your faith supply moral excellence, and in your moral excellence, knowledge. So how does this matter? How is this connected? We see that excellence is a virtue. It is moral goodness. It does not mean perfect. And it is only connected to perfection in that excellence is the result of being made perfect in Christ. Okay? Now, if you do struggle with being a perfectionist, there are three reasons I'm going to provide today that highlight the connection between perfectionism and anxiety. Three reasons perfectionism is is not a good thing and really feeds anxiety. The first, it's unbiblical. Only Jesus is perfect. And Perfectionism is literally driven by your own flesh, by focusing on yourself and attempting to appeal to humans. I have an episode that I shared diving into Galatians chapter 1 verse 10 when I asked the question, who are you trying to please? Are you a people pleaser? This is actually the number one most downloaded episode. So if you are a people pleaser and you want to listen to that episode, that is episode 41, literally the most downloaded episode um, in April at this time. So it's unbiblical. Only Jesus is perfect. So you might be tempted to create an appearance of perfection. And I understand why that might be. Like I said, you might be attempting to appeal to others. You're focusing on yourself, but it can lead to you making appearance an idol. The second reason it feeds anxiety is because it's unrealistic. Nothing will ever actually be perfect, and someone will always be dissatisfied. And the third reason is that it's unsustainable. You just can't keep up the act or appearance of a perfect presentation and be at peace. You'll always be worried 
Fear is literally what drives the urge to continue to alter and adjust so you can meet some pretend measure or level of perfection. So if you take anything away from this, I hope that you can remember perfectionism bears bad fruit because the truth of the matter is that you are always going to be striving yet never actually get there. It doesn't allow you to ever be at peace. And peace is a fruit of the spirit. If you are never at peace, then it has to be on the contrary, contrary to the spirit. And nothing is ever enough. It's as if Jesus died in vain because you just have to do it all in your strength to meet this standard you will just never meet. That constant doubt pushes you to act in your own strength. The never-ending worry and focus on what might be coming if this doesn't go right or if you don't deliver on that. And it all happens to be about the temporal, not even about the eternal. It's the exact definition of anxiety. I hope this episode blessed you. I hope that it helps you to shift your perspective from the temporary to the eternal. And if you're looking for more Bible study, I hope you'll consider joining me on the inside of the Facebook group. You can head to herrenewstrength.com forward slash community to join the next Bible study, which will be happening sometime in the next month, month and a half. We'll be studying the book of Jonah. And if you join later, maybe you find this episode down the road. That's okay. I'll keep all the videos up inside the Facebook group and you can work through that study on your own. I appreciate you being here. And if you don't join me on the inside of the Facebook group, I hope I'll see you next time here on the podcast. Take care. God bless you. Hey, sister girl. If you love today's episode, the best way you can show love and support is to leave a written review on Apple Podcasts. This helps other Christian women who want that same support and valuable content actually find the show. Oh, and if you're ready for more and you want to learn about free group Bible study, upcoming events, free courses, and other services, head to HerRenewedStrength.com and subscribe to the weekly newsletter to become an insider. You'll get my weekly top five, extra tips, and bonuses. I'll see you on the inside.